Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that features the very best in career development in the nonprofit sector. Happy Thanksgiving to those here in the U.S. celebrating the holiday as this episode is released. And I hope I can give you something else to digest as you ponder your path to nonprofit leadership, regardless of when you actually listen to this episode. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and in addition to podcasting, I'm a leadership coach, a mastermind facilitator, a best-selling author, and a speaker. I love taking these nonprofit leadership topics on the road or into your Zoom room. If you need someone for your next conference or workshop, check out my new speaking page at pattonmcdowell.com for more information. Speaking of leadership topics, that is exactly my goal for this solo episode. I'm going to give you seven specific leadership development strategies or personal organization tactics that you can implement in the next 30 days. Again, if you're listening to this as it's released, you've got about a month before the end of 2022, and perhaps you are walking off that Thanksgiving meal or walking in advance of your Thanksgiving meal listening to me. So let me give you some things to think about that hopefully can enhance your year-end planning and perhaps more importantly, help you prepare for an, an even more productive 2023. Let's face it. The year has gone by too fast. We always say that. It is cliche yet accurate. But I hope again between now and whatever time period is ahead of you, but let's say the next 30 days of 2022, find some quiet time so that you can indeed unplug as you deserve. But I also hope you will take advantage of some of the quiet time that you likely will have during the holiday season, both to get organized Uh, but also get beyond just the tactical to-do list as you approach year-end, but also give some strategic thought to your leadership journey that's coming ahead. And there's plenty of time that you can indeed hit the ground running in 2023 with some of these ideas I'm about to suggest to you. Okay, first I'm going to give you a preview of the seven strategies and tactics I want you to consider that you could, in fact, make progress on before The next 30 days are over. Number one, I'm going to talk to you about decluttering something. Number two, I want you to do a 2022 calendar review, and I'll give you some specific ideas as to how you can best do that. I'd like you to consider aspirational job postings or job descriptions that you might be thinking about in the back of your head right now that could be on your future career path And I'll give you ideas as to how you might do that and organize your thoughts accordingly. Uh, Not to be your elementary school librarian, but yes, I want you to read a book, at least one book between now and the end of the uh, year. And I've got six recommendations for you to consider on that front. Number five, I want you to create your aspirational guide list aspirational guide list. Who are the people you want to reach out to in 2023 that can enhance your network and your ability to learn more about career opportunities? Number six, what are two topics you want to add to your personal graduate education? Okay, Whether you are formally in graduate school is not the point, but I want you to think about your graduate education in terms of a skill and a knowledge area that you want to enhance in 2023. And then finally, I want to give you some ideas around the phrase I often use in our mastermind program. It 
for you to not only coach but be coached? How can you coach and be coached in ways that will enhance you and obviously someone else in the instance of coaching? All right, idea number one, declutter something. I am quite sure if you're like me, there's something in your life literally cluttering your activity. Uh, Maybe it's that pile of paper that's gathered on your desk or your dining room table or the kitchen cabinet somewhere. Um, That creates a literal lack of efficiency, of course, but it also is a mental drag uh, in terms of the stress of not knowing where things are or just the psychic distraction of having things piling up. We talk about this in our mastermind, and it's great to hear these examples of what was decluttering each of the leaders in the group in their life. Maybe it was that pile. Maybe it was their inbox. Maybe they have too many apps on their phone, but something is is more voluminous than it needs to be. And so I would ask you, first of all, that question, what area of your life is cluttered, and then what can you do about it? And perhaps tackle some of the things I just mentioned. Maybe it's your inbox, those emails you're never catching up on, it seems. Maybe it's that closet. Maybe it's your desk. Maybe there are other spaces in your life at home or at work that need a good spring cleaning, if you will. But we're going to jump ahead of this before the spring here at year end and allow you to not only clean up, but bonus points If you can actually then begin to put routines in to maintain this lack of clutter, you're going to find it therapeutic to actually clear that pile once and for all. But you might want to do something that I do, which is put a 30-minute block on my calendar every single Sunday afternoon to work on the literal and proverbial pile. I go through the stack of paper that gathers every single week, and I scan some things, I throw things away, I recycle Uh, But I have both that therapeutic value of decluttering and also I'm avoiding the pileup that can create other distractions and problems for my efficiency as a professional. Second idea you need to think about here at year end as you prepare for 2023, go ahead and start doing a thorough review of your 2022 calendar. And this is more than just kind of flipping the pages electronically or literally, if you have a daytimer sort of calendar. Um, I do this, and first of all, I look at all the major events of 2022, many of which are also going to be on the 2023 calendar. Even if I don't know the date yet, I can anticipate some of these things from National Philanthropy Day events or major events in my personal or family life. But what does 2022 tell you about your 2023 calendar? And what can you begin to visualize or pencil in in that next journal? Second thing I do when I look back through my calendar is look at the name of every person I met with or called or Zoomed with or any interaction to remind me of who I want to reconnect with in 2023. Often there's also year-end activity. Maybe there's somebody I want to thank for something or somebody I want to connect with before the year ends, but I had forgotten about that meeting I had three months ago or some possibility for an extended conversation. So who on your 2022 calendar deserves an outreach here at the end of the year, or maybe they need to be on your list for the year ahead. Last thing I think you can 
benefit from a 2022 calendar review is thinking about the design of your 2023 calendar. For example, do you want to be more intentional in the year ahead, blocking time for the deep work necessary for your leadership position? Maybe you want to start blocking off that Monday morning to get ready for the week or Friday afternoon to digest everything that's happened. But time blocking is perhaps best achieved by looking way ahead. And start looking ahead now at your calendar and think about days you can capture for productivity. And taking it a step further might be literally looking at time within each day. For example, do you want to start putting certain times of the day off limits to other meetings and other activity to assure you can get ahead of each day? Maybe it's a morning block. Maybe it's a late afternoon block that you will protect and assure that you can be as effective as you want to be. The third idea that you might want to consider is what I call aspirational job descriptions or job postings. If you have some time to reflect over the holidays, which I hope you will, maybe you've thought about being the most senior position in your sector. You want to be the president. You want to be the executive director. You want to be the chancellor. All right, well, maybe take some time to look at positions uh, that have been posted in exactly those categories. What do those job descriptions tell you? What do those postings tell you? I believe it's important to start a file of aspirational leadership positions that you might consider someday. And I don't care if it's 5, 10, or even 20 years from now, but you can learn things from those postings. One, you may get some confirmation that you have indeed built a skill set that would make you competitive in the near term. But of course, if there are things you need to work on as a result of this study, that'll help you design your plan right now. And so begin to explore job descriptions. And here, what is fun about this is you can look at this point all over the world, whether or not you would actually pursue a job in a different geography is not the point right now. You're simply looking for characteristics and attributes of aspirational jobs and then see what those descriptions tell you. And of course, who knows? Maybe it would open up your eyes to opportunities outside of the community in which you currently live. But more important to the actual pursuit is what you can learn from jobs that match your aspiration and whether they're in the same community or whether in the, in the same sector, now is the time to look at opportunities even outside of your sector so that you can compare and contrast what those opportunities might require. All right, the fourth suggestion or idea for you to consider as you build your path to nonprofit leadership is read a book. Now, I hear you. You're scrolling your feed right now. Um, you're reading a lot, yes. But I'm going to encourage you, if you don't already, um, read a book both for the knowledge you might gain but also the focus required and the uh, opportunity to avoid distraction that actually picking up a book, yes, you might put it on a Kindle or in some electronic format. I happen to like the actual holding a book and turning the pages. Now, I am a fan of audiobooks, so I do that as I'm traveling. But for the sake of the holidays, assuming you are going to have some time that you're not in the car or in transit, think about a couple ways to approach your book target list. I have three categories I would suggest you consider. Number one is a category of books I call clear your head books. 
absolutely remove you from the day-to-day world in which you operate and and allow you to venture into what I would suggest are philosophic deep reading and allow you to really think about your life journey. For example, Viktor Frankl's book entitled Man's Search for Meaning is an ultimate reminder and an opportunity to put things in perspective as you hear from someone who lost everything literally in a Nazi concentration camp, but refined his own personal vision and offered hope for many that have been in a struggle. That's what I mean by an example of a clear your head uh, reading because it allows you to understand a perspective very different. You know, another one in that category I often recommend is Yuval Harari's Homo Deus. It's subtitled A Brief History of Tomorrow. Fascinating historical perspective of our species. Um, And again, forces you to think more strategically because you're not going to be focused on day-to-day tactical activity when you are thinking about the history of an entire species. And I think this would be enjoyable if you are ready for that kind of reading mindset. Now, while that clear your head style of book is one that I constantly seek on my reading journey, a second category I think is always important to incorporate is biography. And I have two recommendations for you in that category. One is Doris Kearns Goodwin's book called Leadership, which has a fascinating comparison and contrasting of four American presidents, uh, President Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Lyndon Johnson. And so she goes back and forth between the four and allows you a, a intimate view of their leadership challenges literally and what they did to deal with that. And so if you are looking for that kind of biographical uh, response to your thinking, great book to consider, as is Daniel Brown's book called Boys in the Boat. I've got to give credit to my friend Ken Fuquay for this recommendation, and it is a fantastic read uh, based on the true story, although it seems almost too good to be true, story of a University of Washington rowing team who made it to the 1936 Olympics, which, of course, hosted in Berlin by the Hitler regime just before World War II. So fascinating biography, but also a fascinating study of leadership and team dynamics, whether or not you have any experience (laughs) rowing or getting out on the water like these guys did you will learn a lot about leadership and that team dynamic that is critical to your own leadership journey. The third category I look for as I ponder good reading is in the more classic category of self-help. And there are two I want to mention to you that you may find helpful as I did. Number one is Dory Clark's book called The Long Game, and I believe it's her most recent Uh, book effort, and all of her books have been fantastic in my opinion. But this one, as the subtitle suggests, helps you think in a long-term sense despite the short-term distractions that we always face. And so she provides practical ideas, tactical ideas that might help you if you are in that mindset to look further ahead. Something else I'm a big proponent of, of course, is strategic networking, and Keith Ferrazzi may be one of the best authors in that space. 
His classic book, Never Eat Alone, is one that I would recommend. But the one in particular I want to lift up is a more recent production uh, that Farazi has uh, brought forth. It's called Leading Without Authority. Notice the title again, Leading Without Authority. Many of you in your leadership journey perhaps aren't yet in a position to, quote, assert authority that you want to ultimately have. But Farazi would suggest there's still many ways you can practice that leadership that you will need once you assume the official title that suggests senior leadership. Hopefully I'll inspire you to read something, and both for the knowledge, again, as well as the quiet time that is required and focus. And if you want bonus points in this category, do what I do. I try to, in a journal fashion, come up with at least three takeaways from every book I read. Uh, It's my way of kind of self-discipline. I don't want to treat it as a textbook every time, but I do think it forces me to consider, all right, what are the three key takeaways that I leave reading this book with? And so you might want to do that too, and it helps you build up your personal library of information. And a reminder, of course, when someone asks you for a recommendation, you can go back through your notes and consider why something was meaningful to you. All right, the fifth category or idea I want you to consider as you ponder your path to nonprofit leadership, create an aspirational guide list for 2023 or the year ahead. I am a big fan of strategic networking. It's part of my book. It's part of our mastermind program. And I want to offer this to you as a tactical piece of advice that it's one thing to talk about being a good networker and taking advantage of your network for strategic purposes. But what I'm suggesting you do is, one, make a commitment to connect with an aspirational peer or guide every single month. Now, maybe you want to do more than that. In an era of Zoom and phone communication, there's no reason you can't do it more than once. But even if you only do one a month, you will have a dozen new relationships that can bolster your career and mutually offer support back to this person. So often it starts with identifying who are the best-in-class professionals in your sector. Who does what you do at the highest level? For example, when I started with North Carolina Special Olympics many years ago, that was a question I posed at the annual conference and to peers that I met early in my professional stay there. Who is the best in the programming area of Special Olympics? That was my job. And inevitably, several names started to emerge And that became my strategic target list. Uh, That's who I wanted to reach out to and learn from. And these guides, if you will, were very generous with their time and helpful. And, of course, their only encouragement to me was to pass it forward. So that's what I have tried to do in the years since. But who might be on your list? And I would suggest you could come up with at least 12 names for the year ahead. Again, start with the best in your field. Who are they? But then maybe get outside your field. Who is in another sector that might be a leader that you admire that you might be able to reach out to? Maybe be intentional about getting outside of your community. There's no reason you can't talk to someone from elsewhere in the country or even around the world uh, and learn from their journey and see what it might do to help you uh, apply to yours. 
Uh, think about subject matter expertise you'd like to acquire. Again, for me, it was early in my fundraising days thinking about those that were expert in capital campaigns or someone that I knew was expert in planned or legacy giving. Each of you have technical areas of your profession that you could benefit from, and I think if you brainstormed and or had conversations with others in your professional community, names will pop up, and then you can pursue them. And once you've identified your list, then your activity becomes seeking that monthly meeting, that monthly Zoom, that monthly call. And what I do is simply set up a four-question interview protocol, if you will. Again, not to overly formalize it, but I want this person to know that I value their time, and I just have a couple questions I'd like to learn about from them. For example, these four questions might be something as simple as this. Why did you get into this field? Tell me your story, your origin story. People like to share that, and I think you can definitely benefit from that story as well. The second question is, what is the biggest challenge you faced on your professional path or maybe the biggest challenge you're facing right now? That always leads to, I think, good feedback. Third question you could ask someone like this is just, what are you most proud of? Tell me about one of your accomplishments uh, of which you are most proud, and then what did you learn from that, or why did you uh, come to that conclusion as you share it? Uh, again, you can unpack that for lots of wisdom. And then finally, I always ask, what has been the best resource to you along your journey? Was it a person? Was it a book? Uh, was it a course? Uh, was it certain advice you gained, certain experience? But whatever it is, you take note of that, and I'm sure it will help you as you ponder your own professional strategic plan. All right, my sixth idea for you to build your plan around for 2023 is to consider two topics that you're going to put on your, quote, graduate education curriculum for 2023. And again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, whether or not you're formally in a graduate program, you can always design your own. And I like to say to our mastermind groups that you should, in fact, think about each year in maybe the same increments you did when you were in school. And so, in other words, what are you going to do in the spring semester or spring term or summer term or summer semester? I like to divide my year in those increments, even though I've been through and finished the formal graduate education I'm likely to do. So as you ponder what you're going to learn or experience, think about at least one skill and one knowledge area that you're going to work on each semester. So in the spring of 2023, maybe the skill you're going to work on is public speaking or writing or strategic planning or fundraising, tactical skill-based activities that you know you need to get better or simply acquire and start learning more about. Uh, pick something and be intentional about building that skill. Likewise, have a knowledge-based goal within each term or semester as well. So again, that could be content of any kind, depending on the sector in which you currently work, or maybe you want to learn more about a sector you aspire to join at some point, uh, because that knowledge, of course, is going to help you in job seeking and or job success once you have arrived. 
Maybe you need to learn more about the legislative issues that face your sector and your organization so that you can be a better advocate for the cause in which you are supporting right now. Um, Maybe you need to learn more about finance and accounting so that you can be more comfortable with the financial acumen necessary for nonprofit leadership. The point is, again, in summary, what skill will you work on and what knowledge area will you develop? And then we can build a plan to work on both. All right, the final category of ideas for which you will thank me later and hopefully will bolster your year-end planning or planning for the year ahead is what I'm calling coach or be coached. In fact, coach and be coached is the better way to describe it. Um, Consider what a coach might do for you. Now, of course, I'm biased toward a coaching program we're involved in, which is called our Mastermind Leadership Development Program but it allows talented senior leaders in our field to come together and do both. Uh, Each of our mastermind groups go for about four months in a virtual setting, and these leaders are willing to join a group helping each other and being helped from everyone else in the group. And I think that's just a wonderful philosophy to consider no matter where you are on the ladder, so to speak, in your nonprofit journey. But be willing to be coached and, of course, share your gifts with others. And so what might you do to enhance your leadership and perhaps utilizing an individual coach or being part of a cohort program like ours? But also consider who might you help who's behind you on the path to nonprofit leadership, what would absolutely benefit and appreciate the opportunity to glean some of your wisdom. And again, often these are more junior individuals within your organization or within your field who may not be comfortable reaching out to you. So maybe you should reach out to them. Think about somebody right now in your organization or within the field that you know that are trying to move forward. Take them to lunch. Meet them for coffee. Connect with them via Zoom. But do something just to say, hey, I'd love to catch up with you and learn more about what your dreams and aspirations are professionally. And I think they will be forever indebted to your generosity there. And by the way, it strengthens your leadership because coaching is an inherently integral part of leadership in any sector. So you need to practice being a coach. And by reaching out to someone like I've just described gives you that opportunity and strengthens that ability that you certainly will take into whatever leadership positions you find down the road. All right, I have one bonus idea for you. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'll pose that question to you directly. Who do you need to thank before the end of this year? I bet there's more than one. But in the spirit of National Philanthropy Day, which took place here in Charlotte a couple weeks ago, we were reminded of the wonderful individuals, families, organizations that are supporting all aspects in our community. Uh, There's somebody you ought to thank. And I don't mean just sending a bunch of thank you emails, but maybe that you could offer a personal touch to someone that's been important to you on your career path, someone that's supporting your organization now, whether it be a donor or partner or just someone that needs a bit of encouragement that will certainly come with your outreach. So make that part of your to-do list before year end. Uh, Who can you thank and show some appreciation personally and professionally um, 
so that perhaps that will lead to more conversation in the year ahead. Well, I hope these seven ideas will give you something to think about. And, and I hope you might even share this episode with someone else who is pondering their year-end planning and perhaps even more importantly, looking ahead to the future. Once again, keep these in mind as you consider what you might do to move forward. Declutter something. Uh, consider a calendar review right now. Begin looking back at all of 2022 and see what that tells you. Evaluate aspirational job postings or job descriptions. What do you learn from that exercise? Of course, number four, read a book. Got some good recommendations. I'll put them in the show notes, and we'll have it as a post on our website. Uh, Lots of good options there. I hope you'll find one. Um, Remember to identify aspirational guides and guidance you could receive from some of these individuals that you could connect with in the year ahead. Remember to design your curriculum, if you will, in the year ahead. What skill do you need to work on? What knowledge do you need to acquire? And finally, find a way to coach and be coached in the year ahead and and realize there is benefit from both directions of that exercise. Once again, thank you for being a listener of this podcast. I'm grateful for that. Really appreciate the feedback And, of course, want to say a special thank you to all those guests who have joined me. And I hope you will continue to support them as well. Thanks again for all you are doing in the nonprofit sector, especially right now. And keep up the good work for causes that are most meaningful to you. I'll keep bringing you content that can help you do it even better. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time on The Path.